navigating your way into the real world after school, college or university can be a daunting task. You might know what you want to do but just don't know where to start from or you may not have the facts to help you decide what you really want to do. Inasmuch as I believe that embracing the uncertainties of life is part of the process, I strongly believe that you don't have to dive in blindly or start from scratch because other people have been where you are and you can learn from them. Welcome to the School Leavers Roadmap Podcast, a podcast that brings you insights and first-hand experiences from different amazing people to hopefully equip you with actionable strategies to make informed decisions and seize opportunities as you figure out your life. Not only that, on this podcast, we debunk myths, review untold truths, and give it to you straight so you don't learn things the hard way because experience is the best teacher. I'm your host, Lyndon Sindano. Let's dive in, shall we? What is up guys, it's Linda here. Welcome to today's episode of the School Leavers Roadmap Podcast. I know you could be listening to other podcasts right now, or you could be watching or listening to other types of content online, or just doing other things with your life. But the fact that you decided to come and tune into today's episode of the podcast really means a lot to me. So thank you so much for stopping by you are the best anyways in today's episode we hope right back into the academics and career segment of the podcast where we talk about stuff related to academics and just getting started or trying to develop ourselves in these careers and just you know career stuff academic stuff yeah so today's guest is really someone whose growth i have kind of watched from a distance I have seen how this person has developed over the years. I mean, I have learned a lot from this person passively. The fact that I was able to come and have the conversation with them was really great. Our guest owns his own business in the photography and media sector. And he has really developed. He takes very quality photos, which you can really call him if you want some professional photos if for example you're located in moscow or anywhere near moscow um, you can talk to him on instagram i'll leave his instagram handle in the show notes you don't sleep on the show notes like the show notes be carrying information and the necessary links to people if people recommend books i'll write them down in case you miss it in the podcast so don't sleep on the show notes anyways coming back to this episode our guest aside from owning his own photography media business he he is also juggling it together with um, studies right now he is studying nuclear power engineering and thermophysics which it kind of sounds hard right nuclear power engineering and thermophysics i'm like okay damn <laughs> anyways we'll know more about 
what nuclear power engineering and thermophysics involves inside this episode so stay tuned to that uh so basically our guest in this episode is going to tell us his journey from when he left secondary school as always to where he is today since this episode is under the academic segment of the podcast he is going to talk about the academic side of things how he found himself studying here in russia the application process the challenges the mistakes to avoid i mean on this podcast i'm always saying experience is the best teacher if you pay attention to the intro of the podcast i say experience is the best teacher and indeed it is but at the same time though i want to say that you don't necessarily have to experience all the hardships that life has to bring for you to learn from these experiences you can easily learn from other people's experiences because they can warn you they can tell you the mistakes that they did the challenges which they faced so that you don't have to face them and that is what i am trying to do with this podcast learn from other people's mistakes you know learn from other people's experiences and journey so thank you so much to all the guests who have been here who have shared their story who have been so open and opened up to me to you guys to the whole world really means a lot so in this episode though our guest really talks about his journey you know he explained everything how it was really quite raw and openly at some point i was also put in the hot seat and became the interviewee um is that a word interviewee <laughs> we need to check the dictionary but you know what i don't know anyways as you know guys i am the interviewer right i interview the guests but at some point we kind of switched roles with the guest and i became the interviewee shared my own part of the story actually me and the guest came to russia in the same year so um each of us had their own experiences our own different journeys though the same year different stories different journeys and mine just like the process of coming here alone was quite an experience you guys <laughs> yeah that was a whole story it can be a whole episode on its own i'll probably make it in the future so at this point you guys are probably wondering like who is the guest like guest 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 the guest the guest who is he or she anyways ladies and gentlemen our guest is no other than les mafia anyways i have talked a lot without further ado let's get into it Yes, I'm so happy to have you here. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you. Okay, so can you tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, and a brief um, outline of your journey from like secondary school to where you are today? Um, so my name is Blessings Mafia. Mm-hmm. So uh, many people know Blessings Mafia because of I'm currently studying in Russia. I'm in third year doing nuclear power engineering in thermophysics. I'm at Memphis National Nuclear University. I completed my high school at uh, the Kamala Secondary School. Uh, it's in Osaka. Okay. That is back in Britain. After after passing, uh, I later applied for a scholarship to come to Russia, and I got accepted. That's uh, that's 
how 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 okay awesome so you mentioned that after school you applied for the russian scholarship and then you came here to russia how did you come to know about the scholarship did you have like a friend who knew about it and they told you basically how did you get to know about it and how did you apply how's the application process for you uh so there's this um teacher that i know uh used to teach me um science uh bargaining in uh, primary school okay so we used to keep in touch and then when i completed my grade school i told her that uh, i want her to help me get the scholarship to actually study outside africa that was my motive okay. <laughs> just to study somewhere outside africa <laughs> and then um my uncle mm-hmm. uh actually told me that there are two things such as scholarship you can study outside um Zambia and stuff like that so he told me that uh, as long as you get good grades between one and three mm-hmm. uh, you can actually qualify for this scholarship so when i was in high school i mean when i was in secondary school mm-hmm. um my plan was just to get between one and three the grades so that I could qualify to apply for a scholarship. Okay. So this uh, teacher that I get in touch with, uh, she actually mentioned me in one of uh, uh, the comments for a post that was made about the Russian scholarship. Mm-hmm. And then uh, that's how I got to know about it. And then I had to get uh, the, uh, the documents that were required to apply for the scholarship, such as um, getting a passport, signing um, those things for good certificates and stuff like that. So uh, we didn't even know what was uh, a synopsis. So likely enough, my friend. <laughs> 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 Me too. <laughs> yeah, so I didn't know what that was. So just like, what's this synopsis? And then uh, likely enough, my friend, uh, my best friend, uh, he knew someone who was studying in Morocco. And that's how he sent us mm-hmm. some of the synopsis, and that's how we could you know, like, okay, so this is what we need to write, this is what we need to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At first, uh, I applied in 2018, and it didn't work out. Uh, mm-hmm. I likely it didn't work out. <laughs> and then, uh, fortunately enough, in 2019, it worked out. So, I would say the process wasn't really tough, but I mean, it was just a commitment of, you know, uh, applying for mm-hmm. every project that can be Okay, cool. First of all, I just want to say congratulations for making it through the scholarship process because I think a lot of people apply. I don't know how many, but I think it's a lot and they just pick a handful of people. So for you to be accepted and be here is, I think it's a great thing. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now talking about a synopsis, if somebody was planning to apply for the scholarship today and they're also wondering just like us when we apply, like I don't know what the synopsis is, but they don't have a friend to ask from. And let's say maybe they were listening to this podcast, what brief definition of a synopsis would you give them? Or what do you think they should include in there? All right, so. Basically, uh, the problem with the Zambian people is that they try to make it look so complicated because mm-hmm. <laughs> they probably they are hearing the synopsis for the first time and it's more like a study plan. So, uh, a synopsis, what we include is uh, what is uh, 
the name of uh, the program you want to apply into and um, does this program that you're applying in as branches, for example, if you're applying economics, there's macro and uh, mm-hmm. Microsoft, does it have branches? Uh, what do you know about this program? Basically, that's what it is. And what are your intentions uh, when you graduate? What do you plan to do with um, this program when you equip with um, the necessary skills that this program provides? So what will you contribute to the development of Zambia? So basically, that's what I would say. Okay. So like them giving people scholarships, would you say like it's more of like an investment? You have to tell them like, okay, I want this scholarship. This is the reason why you should give me this scholarship kind of thing, right? In the sign-up says. Oh, not really. I don't think you should include that. I don't think it's necessary. I think there's a difference between when you're applying for a scholarship and when you're applying for a student loan. Uh, I think it's mm-hmm. because even when you go for interviews, they don't really care whether you come from a vulnerable family or you come from a well-being family. Mm-hmm. Uh, what matters is uh, your results and do you know what you're going to study? Because I'm sure they don't want to send someone who doesn't know what they're going to study. Yeah. So don't think that it's necessary to include in a sign of this. Maybe you can include that in your application later, but I don't think it will give you any chance. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay, so speaking of interviews, if somebody has like no idea what they are going to be asked, what kind of what do you think they should expect there? What kind of questions do they ask or where you ask yourself? Uh, the questions I think they don't really change that much. And they try to keep them consistent. <laughs> consistent. And <laughs> yeah, it's basically mostly about the synopsis. And they'll ask you, like, what is your name? Can you tell us about yourself? Can you tell us about uh, this program that you want to apply into? Why do you think this program is important for national development of Zambia? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what do you plan to do after you come back? So... I mean, those are the basic questions of what you expect. They might include the few, maybe they want to know more about your academic uh, lifestyle and stuff like that. But basically, those are the basic questions they would ask uh, to everybody that they interview. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, are there any mistakes you think people should avoid when they are applying to a scholarship? I think not being early enough, mm-hmm. <laughs> like when taking your application later, I think I was a bit of a victim of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was one time I was taking the application later, this one, I took it quite late, this one being uh, I was having challenges getting a recommendation later from the school. There was a new head teacher, so it was really a challenge to get a recommendation later. Mm-hmm. So, uh, had to, I got it on the final day, and I took it quite late, and that day it was raining, so you can imagine the challenges, yeah. and uh, knowing that they're going to close those offices, and once they close, um, <laughs> the application letter, or it's 
when the value given if I cry, even if I do it, it won't matter. So I think people should avoid doing things on the last minute. And once they see the uh, that the applications are open, they take them as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. I agree because I was also late. I took my application on the last day, and there were a lot of people saw like I was stressing. <laughs> There are a lot of people. Ah, they're not the time. Those days they used to close at 15 30. I don't know about now. <laughs> it's almost 30 minutes. There are a lot of people, and it was not only people who were applying for the scholarships. There are also people who were applying for like the bazaars and stuff. So it was mixed. Yeah. There was a lot of chaos. Like it was crazy. And I was at the back. I'm like, am I going to be able to take my application in? <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry, that was also something that I, I faced I mean, at one time. Mm. There were a lot of people that were applying for student loans. I don't know. I, I don't know what they were doing there, but they were under they were under busy. Mm-hmm. And then um they were from Copperfield University. So I met even some of my friends who had finished the school area. Mm. And then they were just a lot. Like I don't know whether I'm going to whether my application later is going to be valid or not. So, <laughs> yeah, the, the last minute is something to avoid. Yeah. Okay, now after you applied, you were selected and then you were done with the interviews. How did you go about the process of choosing the universities? Because we were supposed to choose like six of them. So basically, I'm asking, like, what criteria did you use for choosing the university so that maybe you end up in a place where you want to go? Um, so what they did was, uh, in Russia, the way it is, uh, they do have, like, uh, the university regimes, like, the way it is in Zambia. You have, for example, the University of Zambia at the top, mm-hmm. um, the top University second, and then the rest of the university follow just like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, the, the problem that was there is that depending in the depending with the field that you were accepted in, mm-hmm. uh, the university directions are different. So I wanted to go to a good school. I mean that was quite uh, that was with good rating. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I went on Google okay. because I didn't know anyone in Russia or who was studying the course that I'm studying. So I didn't know anybody. And then uh, I checked out a few universities. Mm-hmm. Um, but likely now, when we were applying, when I was putting uh, those universities, um, someone at the Russian center saw that uh, the university that I'm at, I put it as my second option. And then he said that, no, I put it as the first option. Okay. Likely now, um, there was still a uh, chance to change that's why I changed I put as my first option mm-hmm. because it was rated as the second but this is where most of the Zambians are so <laughs> it would really have been hard for me if I'd gone with the first university and because usually chances are that you go to the first university that you applied to in most cases mm-hmm. so I was like oh, and the acceptance rate I came in very quickly mm-hmm. okay so I think for those who are applying, they should take time to actually find out, like, are there any seniors where I'm going to let it be Russia, let it be China, let it be Morocco, Algeria, Egypt, mm-hmm. and these other 
I think they should find out from the seniors who are there. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, sometimes it becomes very lonely when you're at the university, let's say in these foreign countries. Maybe you're the only black at the university. <laughs> Maybe you're the only black girl. <laughs> Star of my life. <laughs> yeah, you see? <laughs> you know, some people are going through that. And <laughs> it would be very lonely mm -hmm. because it would very lonely so i think it's uh very important to find out like even if you're not going to the top rated university in your course mm -hmm. but at least there are some people that can keep your company where you are because i mean making it through five years is not easy yeah <laughs> and not just about school. if you want to go back home it's even harder because you'll be here for a whole five years yeah yeah, yeah. five years or six years seven years it's crazy. It's crazy. You, you get depressed. <laughs> okay, so I forgot to ask one popular question which people ask. It's about the marks. You talked about it, but uh, I want to hear your point of view. So people sometimes will be asking like, okay, I have maybe 12 points or 15 points. Should I apply for a scholarship? Like, do I stand a chance? How much do you think marks matter when applying and like when you're selected, do marks even matter when you have already started studying? So like before and after. When you're applying for the scholarship, you mean? Yes, when you're applying. Mm, I think they do matter because I've been, uh, I do help out some uh, students who have, I mean, some guys who are applying for scholarship. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, right now, points even do matter more than before. Okay. Um, you would notice that if you're applying for medicine, mm -hmm. uh, you can only apply for medicine if you did two assurances. And uh, in some cases, they actually indicate that you need to have the symptoms yeah. uh, throughout. So, and also for engineering courses, back then you could apply with science, mm -hmm. but now you can only apply if you took two assurances. So, I think points do matter because while at first, I think when, when you're being called for interviews at first, mm -hmm. uh, they look at the point. I think those ones, they take you to the interviews and then to the interviews. I don't know what criteria they use, but when you go for interviews, I think points are just an added advantage. Mm -hmm. They are not the main thing. Because I know people have like had like straight ones mm -hmm. and they still got rejected for the scholarship. So, I mean, before being called for interviews, marks, I would say, do matter. But then when you go for interviews, don't be intimidated because there are a lot of people with good marks. Yeah. I think there you have to be courageous <laughs> and pray for the best. <laughs> when I went, I just saw people with decisions. I'm like, wow, okay. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You see, and they, you, you find that maybe didn't even have like straight ones. Yeah. They have straight ones, yeah. distinction. So, and some of them, uh, their ones are even in red, meaning that they were actually like the best they all can. So, <laughs> <laughs> you, you, <laughs> you feel intimidated because of that. But when you go there, you see that actually when they're looking at your mind, it just an added advantage, mm -hmm. they'll be looking at how you speak, are you courageous, do you know what you're talking about, mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. So I think when going for interviews, you shouldn't actually 
be intimidated by Max. You make it so far for interviews. I mean, yeah, that's the best you can do. Yeah, I agree because I knew someone who had like distinctions, but the person was not taken pure. So he did not know like how much this thing matters of whether do you take pure or not. So it was like I'm going to still apply. I still want to apply, and then he applied, but unfortunately he wasn't picked. Which I'm not saying is because he wasn't taking pure, but I think it's it could be a reason because his marks were fine. Yeah, yeah, you find that actually this day they are even indicating it that for engineering courses you need to have pure sciences. So I think it's high time for those who are in um, secondary school who would want to apply for scholarship mm-hmm. uh, to Zambia to actually do pure sciences. Yeah, to to be to their added advantage because there are a lot of people with good marks who did sciences mm. and um, then they are not able to qualify. So it's a sad thing, but that's the reality. Okay, now can we talk about? The time when you came to Russia, now you applied, everything is good, you are finally here. How was the adaptation process for you? The weather, the language, language barriers if they were there, and also the resources you used to learn the language. It was quite hard to actually adapt uh-huh. because I was living home like for the first time and I knew that I was going to go for a long time uh-huh. and it was not like I was going to come and visit every year so it was kind of hard you know living behind family friends mm-hmm. uh, getting to a new environment new weather new language new people yeah and probably no food <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so it was quite hard and you know there's cu- cultural shock you know when when you're coming to Russia, you have imagination of all these beautiful buildings, yeah. maybe beautiful hostels, beautiful university, and all those crazy imaginations. And when you get here, maybe depending on the university you go to, the place you go to, the reality is quite different. You're disappointed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just on arrival. You don't know what else to be disappointed with. So... It was quite hard, and part five was really, really hard. Like, it was really, really hard. And at that point, most people did give up. Like, they just said, like, you know what, I'm going back home, and I can't do this anymore. But yeah. there's no option for some of us. Like, you know, even if I go back, what am I going back? Yeah. <laughs> like, where am I going to start from? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And even apply for a student loan now, it's too late. Yeah, it's all. <laughs> so, you just die with it like that. Ah. <laughs> <Die with it. laughs> and I remember on on the first day, uh, ah, actually on the second day, the first day, we didn't really have even like this uh, very good welcoming where they even take you out for food mm-hmm. and all those things. So, we're hungry. And we just got bread 
And you know, there's two types of water in Russia. We got the other one. <laughs> <laughs> the gas one. <laughs> exactly. That's the one. <laughs> Wake up early in the morning, zero eight, zero seven is still looking like it's zero five back home. Like, what's happening in this country? <laughs> yeah, it was winter. <laughs> It was winter warm. Yeah, okay. it's very cold. Uh, by then, I think the snow had not yet started. I think there was just a little bit of snow. So, wow, it was still cold. Mm-hmm. You go out, you don't know the bus numbers. You don't even know the index map. You... But even if you know, sometimes you can't read it. Exactly. And, you know, the thing was, when we got here, the seniors lived in another hostel far away from us. Uh, and we lived in another hostel, so it's not like we could call our seniors for help. Like, we didn't even have SIM cards then. So, yeah. the following day, we had to go to the school, and then they took us in this class. Mm-hmm. They were already on uh, lesson 10. We were like, I can't do this. <laughs> and we were supposed to have three classes. We had two classes. After the first class, I told no. I told my friend, I'm going back to the hostel. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't even know how to get to the hostel. <laughs> I said, I'm not going for the second class. I'm going to the hostel. Because officially, our class was supposed to start on the third day. Okay. So this woman couldn't just let us go. She was just like, no, you have to start learning. You have to start. Just combine them with the class that is ahead. And I couldn't understand, like, anything they were doing. Mm-hmm. So we decided to go out because I was hungry, I was thirsty. So likely enough, we bumped into one Zambia. It took us to uh, a restaurant. Okay. And likely it was, for, it, has, it was for Russian food. And I don't eat pork, so he didn't know when he was ordering food that actually the food he had ordered. I mean, he didn't know that I don't eat pork. So when he was ordering the food, he had ordered the food that was with pork. Okay. And both of us, me, uh, my friend and I don't eat pork. So when the food came, he was like, wait, guys, do you eat pork? And then we were like, no. Then he said, unfortunately, this food don't eat pork. So oh. <laughs> it, was, it was quite crazy, you know. Mm-hmm. The drink wasn't good. Ah. Was, I mean, it was quite hard, but likely now, you know, with time you get used, uh, you start seeing familiar food, familiar drinks. So, yeah, with time you just get to adapt. Yeah, I can relate because I also came late. And oh, yeah, you really came late. I came I was the last one to come. So I came late and I came alone. Wow, alone? Yes, as in alone on the plane. You guys were probably coming like in groups and stuff. Yeah, I was just yeah, about... I'm that. <laughs> I can imagine trying to navigate through the airport when trying when connecting. Oh, it was crazy. You know what helped me? Maybe this can help someone. I had an uncle. I mean, I have not had. I have an uncle who whose job involves like traveling a lot. So he was giving me like some tips. He was saying. Uh, when you reach in the airport, just ask anyone, like any lady who is on those counters where they sell food and stuff, ask them to give you like the Wi-Fi password for the internet in the airport. Because if you try to go using the SIM card, 
you'll be on data roaming and if you're roaming you need to pay huge amounts of money later so like ask for wi-fi and then send us a message or a voice note that you're okay so that is literally what i was doing like when i traveled from zambia to south africa i went there i looked for wi-fi and i talked to them and before going when i was checking about my university and stuff after they sent me my email like okay this is what you're going to do but five which is like the preparatory faculty and this is where you're going to study i just downloaded the pictures of the university like the main building i wasn't sure if it was the one or not but i just downloaded them just for fun <laughs> and those pictures like they helped me because when i reached at the airport now i'm supposed to go to the hostel the person who was supposed to come and pick me up was busy and this person wasn't feeling like they have the responsibility to come and pick me up because the person wasn't a Zambian. The person is from Nigeria. The Zambians in that city, they didn't know that I was coming because they were there. They were there, but they graduated. Now there's only like one person in Stavropo who I met in Krasnodar this year, but there wasn't after I left Stavropo. So like... Uh, when you are supposed to come to Russia, they will send a list to the city. It's like, okay, this is who is coming and here is the place where they are supposed to go. But for me, because the list came, they made the list earlier than when the email was sent to me, my name wasn't included there. So like the guys in Stavropol were like, okay, no Zambian is coming this year. And they didn't know that I was coming. I just knew like a random person from Nigeria who was supposed to help me and he was busy. He did not cancel. Now trying to look for a taxi at the airport. Like I can't even understand what they are saying. I don't know where to leave my bags because I'm scared that somebody will steal them. Like it was crazy. Yeah, yeah. And this man kept on coming. Like why are you going? I think he was asking me where I was if I wanted a taxi or something. So because he was a man, I was a bit scared. I'm like, no, I don't want a taxi. <laughs> <laughs> but again. Since he was the only one I was seeing, I said, like, okay, let's go. And I just showed him the picture I had of the university, like, this is where I'm going. And he took me there. Luckily, like, the hostel and the university, they were very close together, like, not very far. I think so. Yeah. So he, yeah, like, that's main building for Stavropol State Agrarian University. And then when you're on the road, you turn, like, to your left. There's, is it the first or fourth hostel? I don't remember by the number but anyways he took me there he knew exactly where to go because i had a picture so like if anyone who is listening to this is going to come to russia just download something maybe it's going to help you because maybe someone is coming but they might not come and you still have to go home yeah very good now my big question is <laughs> i know you're the one asking questions but have a question. no problem <laughs> When you reached in Moscow, probably you reached in Moscow, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. How did you, were you, uh, was your flight in the same airport or you had to connect to another airport? Okay. I'm now wondering how you moved there. Oh, okay. So when I reached Moscow, again, I was supposed to meet someone, but the dude was busy. He was like, okay, today I have class, I cannot leave. So I was like, okay, now now you have to do this by yourself. I was supposed to connect using the same airport, but I was supposed to get my bags. You know when you're like traveling maybe from Zambia to Moscow, even if you drop off 
at the airport, you're not supposed to look for your bags or something, right? Exactly. But in Moscow, I was supposed to locate them, yes, which I didn't know how to. And I was supposed to find my bags. And then when I found them, find my way to the gates where I was supposed to go and wait for a few hours to go to Stavropol. So it was the same airport, but just a different place. Mm-hmm. So like I found my bags and um, I found them. Then now... The trouble was like trying to look for which direction to go to because again this airport in Moscow like is not necessarily small. Yeah. It's also big somehow. So it was a bit difficult to find a place. I asked for Wi-Fi from somebody because there was an African guy who came to pick up someone and that person wasn't me. So the person gave hot spotted some internet for me, but. I went far from him again. I forgot that to use hotspot, I'm supposed to stand together with that person. <laughs> <laughs> I left and the internet wasn't working because I was trying to use, like, maybe let me use a translator because I had heard of a translator. Like, if I translate what I want to say, I'll show it to any person who looks like they work here and then I can find a place to go. They'll tell me where to go, but it didn't work. So... Uh, in that place, I was looking for like a service service center or something where you can go and ask questions. So I found a place where they wrote things in English and somebody there understood a bit of English. I just showed them like my air ticket and stuff. So they knew like, okay, from here, I'm supposed to go here. And they showed me the directions. I didn't understand what they were saying. I was just seeing where they are pointing. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's very helpful because I'm scared of traveling like When I was about to check in, that is when the person who was supposed to come and pick me up came. Because the initial person who was supposed to come, he said, I am busy, I'll send somebody else. And that someone else, he just came when all the stress was done. I was done with everything. Now I'm about to go. That's when he was showing up. I'm sure you are upset. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of upset. <laughs> but again, I'm like, you know what? These people are just helping at the end of the day. You can't be upset too much. <laughs>
um, you see, because we came late, so we're learning things quite fast, and there's a lot of space that come with that. Uh, you have a lot of homework. We had tests every week, so it was very, very stressed. Mm -hmm. With like, we didn't even have enough time to study. It's school, homework, go to sleep. Tomorrow, continue the same pattern. <laughs> <laughs> And then maybe they come and give you like one week like to study for the exam. So uh, it was really quite stressful. I would never want to go to backpack. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily now for us, um, the university offers our course in English. So we had the alternative for studying in English or in Russian. And when we finished our backpack, we were like, no way. I definitely can go and study in Russian class with them, Russian language, like, mm. no way. Because even a lot of people are studying in Russian, mm -hmm. even when they said yeah, they'll still complain about the language. Yeah. It's really, really difficult. Yeah. It's really difficult. <laughs> I think English is much easier than Russian. Mm -hmm. So, like, you are studying in English? Yes, I think the first person who can give that advice is you always like in Russian. How is it? <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> here's the thing. I mean, for me too, like the time wasn't enough for me to learn everything. I mean, think about English, right? I've been learning English for basically my whole life. Yeah. And for me to know the Russian, I need to know it means I kind of have to learn it for my whole life. And then you cannot compress... I don't know if it's 17 or how many years of studying a language into just seven months or something. It's not enough. Yeah, so what used to happen is that every lesson, like every new topic is new words. <laughs> exactly. Or because at the beginning of this lesson, you find that, okay, maybe it's science. You are learning about cells and stuff. You know what you are saying, but you cannot say it in Russian because you just don't know. And the thing of taking in class to continue yeah so like um every lesson is new words i think you should just if you'll be studying in russian which most likely you're going to be studying in russian those who are studying english is just like the lucky ones yeah but when you're studying in russian just prepare yourself mentally for that that's okay i'll be facing a lot of new words so you need to make sure that when it's a new topic you learn those words so that you're able to understand everything but like you find like as you're approaching the end of the topic, everything seems to be going fine. And then you start a new topic again, you feel like you're starting from zero because you find new words again. But as you go, the number of words you're supposed to learn reduces and reduces. But until today, I can't say that I know everything. I still find some words sometimes. Yeah. So that's how it was. Yeah, I think it's very hard, like, studying in Russian, but, oh, for you guys who are managed, wow, you guys are strong. <laughs> I think it's that situation where you have no option, so there's no other way of going about it. You just have to go with it. Yeah, you accept the situation and then you start moving forward. Because if you're in denial, you'll be wasting time there and your friends are just moving. Yeah. Because we had the same experience in my impact part. Mm -hmm. There was 
because we used to study uh, there's that point where you start now studying science, physics, mm-hmm. chemistry, and other courses, mm-hmm. and every new topic came with it. Yeah. And we had rascals, so it was a lot. Every topic, maybe have about three rascals. Wow, it's a lot. So we definitely felt it. Like, now this is definitely not the way to go for us. <laughs> Yeah, okay. So maybe people, if they want to study what you're studying, they should come to your school. They might be lucky to study in English. Yeah, and you know, a lot of, you know, because our school has got uh, two universities. Okay. Uh, I mean, not two universities, but quite a lot of branches. Mm-hmm. Um, so the one where they offer it in English is one of the branches. Okay. Uh, but for us, for my course, they took us directly and they didn't take us to the main university. Mm-hmm. So, for some, for most of the students who actually go to the main university, mm-hmm. after doing their part back of the year, most of them actually change to come at because of that option to study in English. So, <laughs> so it's uh, quite tough because uh, I can't language it. Yeah. I wonder why. <laughs> it's complicated. Yeah, quite complicated. Yeah. So, like, what did you say you're studying again? Nuclear power something? Uh, nuclear power engineering and thermotivity. Mm-hmm. All right, so now, what uh, would you tell someone who wants to study what you're studying to expect? What kind of things should they concentrate on? Maybe if they're still in school, like which subjects do you think help you in this course which you're studying now? Oh, well, I mean, since it's engineering, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> the main ones would definitely be mathematics and physics. There's quite a lot of it and it's quite difficult. Okay. Very difficult. <laughs> <laughs> me emphasize on that but you know every other courses uh every science courses uh play quite an important role for uh for this course because it's not just about physics and mathematics as you go on chemistry coming to place technology coming to place i mean knowing how to deal with computers applications mm-hmm. software coding mm-hmm. you know, even coding that's interesting. <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, quite a lot comes in. So, even biology at times it does come. So, uh, if you knew a bit of biology in, in secondary school, you're quite safe. We're doing this course called ecology. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, if you're doing biology, you know, ecology is one of those courses that we cover. So, you have quite a good starting points. Uh-huh. There's a lot of labs, so definitely doing pure sciences would help because you do quite a lot of labs in the pure science class. So okay. That's basically what you expect. Because for me, like when I was in school, there was this topic which in our syllabus we learned them at the end. For example, like organic chemistry, <laughs> In biology, was it genetics and stuff? So, for me, like, I just studied what was enough for the exam because we were even late 
And now, when I came here, it's like that's the main thing. There's a subject called biochemistry. And biochemistry is just pure organic chemistry. Like, the formulas are so huge and the pathways and everything. So, like, if somebody was to ask me, like, what they should concentrate on, don't run away from those topics to feel like they are hard. The hard ones are the starting points here. That's what I think. What would you What would you say? Like for like physics and mathematics, is it the same? It's somewhat the same, you know. I mean, if you are doing addition of mathematics, mm-hmm. doing calculus, you know, there's a lot of calculus in addition mathematics. I think we went up to as physics, calculus four, calculus five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it does help out quite a lot because there's a lot of differentiation, there's a lot of integration. So uh, I think at one point, did we do almost the entire year or the entire semester just doing differentiation? The next one has okay. to do integration. So it's definitely just like you have said, you shouldn't run away from the other topic. And yeah, just study beyond if possible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm thinking because yeah. in addition to mathematics, differentiation it was just a topic. I can't imagine like learning it for a whole year. That is deep. <laughs> and then bringing other topics, include them, mix them. Sometimes you're in class, you're just watching numbers move. <laughs> <laughs> Formulas just come down like what's happening <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, the education system is not something else it's, it's easy to be a spectator in class and just be like ah uh, i think i just went for attendance today <laughs> <laughs> so can you shed more light about the education system i don't know if it's the same for you guys like for us but like for the exam parts, I wish I knew this before coming that the exam was going to be oral because I, I was always used to writing and we have to basically study for every class like it's a test because when they come to ask you, when you're explaining, you're supposed to be like flowing and saying everything like very well. How is it for you guys? Uh, so basically, I'd say the, the, the basic standard for the writing exam is just like you have said. Uh, there's written, then there's oral. So you write and then you go and explain what you are writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for us, we are fighting a lot in class. So that discourages uh, some lecturers to go with the oral part okay. because uh, uh, since first year up to now, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, until second year, mm-hmm. we are like, 40 class. Okay. So imagine asking 40 students in a single day, that would be quite a lot. So for most of the courses, it used to be written, um, but there are for some certain letters that you go with the paper mm-hmm. and you start explaining, such as the one that I told you about, and you have to know what you're uh, talking about. You can't just guess, like they knew what they were asking. <laughs> <laughs> so just yeah so you just have to you know uh try your best to know the key things that are needed for you to pass because uh, you actually find that actually 
um, yeah, yeah, you know that each question paper is different from every person in the room. So yes, that's <laughs> at that point you start trying to see if you left any of your phones in your pocket. And like that. <laughs> <laughs> the education system is just quite fun. So, like, what are some of the resources which help you, like, in your academics? Do you have, like, some YouTube channels which you can recommend for people who are studying what you're studying? Yeah, I mean, there's this piece, I don't know, it teaches almost everything. Mm-hmm. Organic chemistry, teach. I don't know if you know him. Who? It teaches organic chemistry, teacher. Organic chemistry teacher? No. Yeah, on YouTube. No, I don't know him. For those who are in here, you do mathematics, chemistry, physics, they definitely. So, what we do is uh, for every topic that we study, because sometimes I would say how I think the education system is uh, so different from back home, you see? Mm-hmm. Because back home, um, a lecturer would try to like explain mm-hmm. until you like understand mm-hmm. okay but here you find that you finish a whole topic in 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 like one hour 35 minutes and it's done and you have to go home and try to understand it mm-hmm. on your own so uh the best thing to do is if you don't understand the topic more especially for those who are studying in russian i think it's best to like mm-hmm. uh, go on youtube you search for for it and you try to understand it in English, then you try to go and start remembering the way to okay. I think YouTube is the biggest thing in life. Like, mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing that I use. Yeah. I don't know about you. What do you do for you guys studying? Uh, for me, I use YouTube. I also use YouTube. I use it a lot, like all the time. Sometimes I'll mix YouTube if I find videos in English and sometimes I'll mix it with Russian videos. And then also after COVID, like my university changed doing lectures from offline to online. And after that, they did not change. Even though the COVID situation now is better, but we still have them online, like the lectures. We only have offline classes. So because we have them online, you have access to the lectures anytime you want. So like you can watch them at your own pace. You can repeat, go back and do everything you want. You can take screenshots and stuff like that. So that makes life a bit easier. But I also, I use YouTube a lot. And there are also some apps where you can find like images of the human body and stuff. Most of them, you have to pay for them. But there's this one which I just found like a strange email which was sent to me. It was in Ukrainian, actually, not in Russian. So I translated the email and they were saying, we understand like what Russia is doing to Ukraine and stuff. So we have decided to help medical students with our services. So we are giving you like a free code to be able to use this app. So like that app has helped me a lot. It is called 3D oh. Anatomy or something. Yeah. And the anatomy, I hear it's very difficult. Yeah, so like anatomy for me is not very difficult. It's just a lot. The amount of stuff you're supposed to learn is not necessary. It's just too much. Like you don't have enough time to finish. The amount of times when I've managed to finish everything is countable. Every time I feel like I'm not ready. 
but I just go for the test. <laughs> because again, this thing of everyone having a different question, sometimes it helps. Because if they ask me a question which I know I'll be able to explain. But if they ask me like everything at the same time, maybe I might fail. So sometimes that one helps. But it's bad again when they ask me what I don't know. <laughs> you understand? So, so how would you relate the education system to the one in the like, do you think it's, it's much better here or Zambia is much better? Although I haven't been to a Zambian university, but I'm sure you've heard stories from your friends. Yeah. What would you say? Uh, and how would you say each uh, education system can improve? Hmm. So the stories I've heard from, from my friends, my friends say like they have tutorials and they also have lectures lectures so they have lectures as in many groups in a lecture hall and then tutorials is not a lot of people but it's less the amount of people is lesser than those who are together in the lecture which is a bit similar to us but for them i think the amount of people is more than for us so now answering your question I don't think I can really say like which one is better, this one is good and this one is bad. I think both of them have got like advantages and disadvantages. Here, for us when we have classes in small groups, like the groups are not a lot. I don't know if it's just a medical school thing, but for us the maximum amount of people which can be in a group is like 15. And if you are 15, the teachers will be complaining like you guys are so much. They want you to be like 10, 11, 12 or something. So, because we are not a lot in a group, it means that we are able to ask questions and the teacher can answer. Like, they can be able to attend to our needs very quickly. But again, this also depends on the kind of teacher because there are some other teachers who feel like you're supposed to know everything and you're not supposed to ask anything. But others, for those who explain, like, you can be able to ask and they explain to you if they are supposed to draw something, like they'll draw something for you and stuff. And then also when it comes to the tests, for us, most of the tests we explain things. We don't write. We read, write. We only wrote, I think, when we are taking physics in first year and mathematics. But for the most part, we don't. We just go and start saying what you want to say. So, again, because it's a few people, you know that, first of all, everyone is going to be asked. And because of that pressure, I think it makes you study even when you don't want to study. Because you know that it's going to be crazy. And sometimes maybe you just don't want to be the only one who is unprepared. Because for me, like my classmates, they prepare. I don't even understand how they do it. And you're probably the only African there. Yes, I'm the only African. So, like, even when checking the register, they don't ask. You know, when they are saying, like, okay, maybe bless move here, and then they look at you and see if you are there. For me, when the teacher comes inside, he will see me and he knows that I'm there. So, when he is marking the register, when he reaches my name, he won't call it, he'll just mark. <laughs> because he already saw me so like that's how I stand out in class because I'm the only African so yeah and then for the Zambian system one I think if maybe we had more universities the amount of students would be less and I think they'll be able to ask questions and get like full answers from teachers and then for the exam the one they write 
I think that one is also good. The good side, I think, is that it's going to assess you as a whole, like your knowledge for the whole topic. But this one where we just pick questions, it's not good because you might know like one thing in a topic. And if you are asked on that thing, you'll answer it perfectly and they'll think you know everything, but you don't. You understand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I think. What do you think? I would, I would, I would with you with what you have said. I think perfect friend is perfect. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now, what advice would you give to people who are like, maybe for them, they have a luxury to choose between coming to Russia and staying in Zambia. Maybe they are leaning more towards coming to Russia, but they're scared of the language. Do you think they should stay home because of the language, or maybe they can come and learn and they'll survive? I think coming to Russia only for education, I think would be... I don't really know how to say it, but I wouldn't encourage someone, like, to come to Russia if they are main if the main thing they want is to acquire knowledge. Mm-hmm. I think I would encourage them to come to Russia. Okay. Um, I would encourage them to stay back home and learn from there because even the experience they will get will equip them for the hospitals that we have in Zambia. Mm-hmm. If you are coming to Russia, maybe for other opportunities. I mean, try to give yourself some time away from family and try to discover yourself in life. I think it's a good place because there's quite a lot that actually takes place here. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think it would depend with what the one, what the person really wants to come and do here. Because if you decide, like, let me just come for knowledge, and you know, it's very much possible to graduate in Russia and not remember anything. <laughs> Very much possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very much possible. Like you ask some uh, graduates like uh, what were you studying? The some of them wouldn't even be able to like explain fully. Mm-hmm. So to some ex I would encourage it and discourage it. Uh, I think depends with the person's situation. Mm-hmm. Uh what they want to get at the end of that because of the language i think studying back home or maybe in a country where they speak a language you already know is a bit easier it's easier so for you like to be able to understand just to make education accessible it's just better maybe you study where you already understand the language rather than starting from zero and you you just be playing catch up i think for the whole period of your education you're trying to catch up with the language and maybe if the education systems were different maybe the lecturers would say like okay you learned this in school but you didn't maybe your friends did that's another thing yeah but so like if you have the option where you feel like you can choose between staying and coming you can stay but if you really want to come i think (laughs) you should just prepare yourself uh, mentally and ask more about the education system when you are coming those things which you can be worried about like the weather and racism and stuff about the weather unless you have health problems i think it's not really a problem you can just go and buy winter clothes and you are fine but about the education system 
you can just start preparing for the language by teaching yourself online or something. I don't need people to do like uh, six months or a year. Actually, gives you a better foundation, but I mean, still, even after that, it's still quite yeah. challenging because, just like you said, uh, studying in Russian in most cases, you just usually be touching up in most cases. Yeah, sure. I don't have experience in Zambian University, but from here, you just you just have to be prepared. Don't think it's going to be chilled, especially for medical school. Like you'll be studying every day, every day, every day, every day. So do you ever feel like this is weekend? I need to chill. Maybe go out with the girls, <laughs> guys. <laughs> because yeah, it's like you're not scaring people. Like no. <laughs> I did every day, and I can imagine a person being like, what? Every day? I can't even thought to chill. <laughs> How honest, like? Okay, let me not talk like I'm scaring people. Here's the truth, okay? So, we have a lot of things to study in a short period of time. So, which means maybe maybe my time management skills or habits are not very good maybe you have better ones but just if you plan to study study if it's not time for you to study then you can go out you can go out i mean there are people who are like they do studies they are models they have businesses other people they even go for work while studying medicine so it's possible, but I think you should be prepared for it before you come. Don't come with the mindset that is going to you're going to have a lot of time because they give us a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's doable. It's doable. You can do it. But if you just dedicate your time, like okay, now I'm supposed to study, and you go and study, it means the time you left for you to be able to do other things, you you do them because you've already studied. Or you have a specific time for studying. But if your timetable is all over the place, you just be catching up all the time. Yeah, that's what I can say. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it makes any sense. Because like here's the thing for yeah. for us here in school, like when you have classes they will be putting marks for you in a register. Like maybe they it gets marks for you, they'll put for you like a five or a four or something. Which is going to indicate like you how you study for every topic. So they'll be assessing you for every topic, every topic. Yeah. And then when you have a test, they can add those marks and give you like an automatic pass if you have good marks. If you don't have good marks, it means you have to take the test. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So and then if you fail again to answer properly during the first lesson, most for most teachers they they are going to have this idea in their head like you're not a serious student. Even when you try, they won't they won't be taking you seriously because they feel like you're not going to give them a good answer. So if you're going on the first lesson, just prepare very well and just go and answer so that they give you a benefit of the doubt every time they ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because for my friends in Zambia I heard like ah we just prepare for this classes are not that important but here i wish i knew this like classes are very important you cannot miss classes anyhow if you miss a lot they'll be calling you yeah and indicate i mean they, they even announce like this for each attendance i'll be giving you marks yeah so i mean attendance is something to take very seriously and like the way it is performed 
But I think in some private universities, they do take it into consideration. I think I've heard that from some people at the still American University. Okay. They say attendance are also taking it as some mark. So I'm sure the system is changing a bit, but it, does, it, it, it somehow does help. Mm-hmm. You know, at least attendance can push you a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, at least you have a good CA by the end of the semester. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it pushes you a little bit hard to like at least passing with I mean combining it with the exam mm-hmm. month that you pass at least maybe you can work out with a four or five and yeah. So do you have anything which is wish you knew before coming to Russia? I think I only knew how to write. Uh and how to read. I think I would say that was basically it. <laughs> okay. What about the things which you wish you knew? Like, okay, you wish you knew, but you did not know them before coming here, and then you discovered them in Russia, but you feel like it should have been better for you to know them when you are still back home before coming? I think knowing that there are different cases would have actually been better, but I think uh, the basics of what I knew just put me in a little bit of good foundation because uh, being able to read in trust, even if I don't understand what I'm reading, was far much better than failing to read. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> at least when they say, can you read this sentence? I mean, at least I could, you know, read, mm-hmm. yeah, and I could write something on a paper. So... I think basically what knowing how to read, how to write, uh, is very important. Like when you're done. Mm-hmm. Okay. What about you? What challenges for yourself? Because you're the one who came very late and <laughs> never see you at the Russian center. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I never went to the Russian center. I knew just a bit of Russian. I was watching like a YouTube channel, not consistently. I just knew like how the alphabet looked like and that it had like 33 letters, that's all I knew. But for me, it was, I couldn't explain. Like for, for example, learning how to write and to read, it was fine. But actually like explaining things and making my own sentences, that one was a bit difficult during part five. But by the end of part five, I knew it. So the fact that I did not learn any Russian before coming, it was a bit difficult. But I think I had a great teacher, like she was, she also knew English. So when I couldn't understand something, you could ask her to translate for you there and then, and she would tell you. I think you had an advantage there because in some certain universities, you actually find that actually the person teaching Russian doesn't even know any English. Mm-hmm. So right from the first day, they start explaining everything in Russian. <laughs> yeah. And you're in a class where some people maybe are ahead of you mm-hmm. and they understand what the lecturer is saying. So you always look like you're the person who's always unserious and your friends are more serious. So I think that's something that every person should do before going to any country that is learning a bit of the language. Mm-hmm. It, it does help out here. Mm-hmm. 
all right guys there you have it this brings us to the end of today's episode just before closing i would like to make a very quick disclaimer in this episode we are not trying to tell you like okay don't come to study in russia don't go and study abroad it's bad no that's not what we are trying to do like we are trying to tell you the truth the pros and cons actually we were not just like complaining about things we actually gave like tips on how you can overcome some challenges right so now you know the things you can expect specifically if you're coming to russia or you're going to a country where they speak a different language or just going outside you kind of know what to expect now the decision is up to you do you want to come or you don't like maybe some of the cons we listed might not be a con to you you understand so at the end of the day the decision is yours we're giving you this information to help you come to a final decision so that you should use actual true information to make those decisions remember on this podcast i said the aim of this podcast is to help you make informed decision and then seize an opportunity like you don't want to be surprised like okay i didn't know this involves this i didn't know this involves this when you're already far from home right i mean there's always going to be a component of uncertainty but it can be reduced by making informed decisions you go mentally prepared you'll be ready to do what you have to do in that field right so um yeah anyways thank you so much for staying with us till the end of the podcast it was lovely i have learned a lot i mean if i was going to go through this path again for the second time i definitely know what to do so if you love your episode recommend it to a friend a cousin a relative anybody who can gain value from it also follow us on instagram and facebook at the school Livajoma podcast and leave us a comment on youtube suggestions opinions everything is welcome to your podcast because we're still in the growing phase so your input would really mean a lot to me thank you
So 